everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, this is Russ and this is the Overlook Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the murder of Katara Johnson. Katara Johnson was a 21-year-old African-American woman living in Taylor, Texas, when she was murdered on August 26, 2004. Katara was well-known and loved in her community. In high school, she was a star on her basketball team and was even awarded a full-ride scholarship to McPherson Christian State College in Kansas. Now, Katara turned down this scholarship because she wanted to stay close to family, but her dreams of going to school and playing basketball was still in her heart as she had plans to go to school and actually try out for the Houston Tilson University in Austin in September of that very year. Around the time of her murder, Katara was working at a local Taco Bell as an assistant manager. She was shy but reliable and known as a hard worker. Now on August 25th, 2004, Katara finished up her late night shift at Taco Bell and headed home on North Dolan Street in her red Mitsubishi Lancer. She made it home, but what happened next is still a bit of a mystery. See, the next morning, Katara's grandmother, who lived right by her, noticed that she hadn't heard from Katara and her car wasn't outside her home. The grandmother, along with her great-grandson, who was around six years old, headed to Katara's home to check on her, but she didn't answer. The grandmother asked her great-grandson to crawl through the window and open the locked door to let the grandma in. He did this, but when the grandmother got in the home, she found Katara dead on the bedroom floor, still in her nightgown. When police were called, they noted that there were no signs of forced entry, but the back door to her home was unlocked. There was no weapon left on the scene, but we were soon learned that Katara had been shot. And a few days later, police would find her Mitsubishi Lancer at a local Thorndale community pool in Milo County, just over 12 miles away. And here's the thing, no one really had an idea what her car was doing there or how it got there. We know that Katara drove her car home from work on August the 25th and that it wasn't at her home the next morning when her grandmother got up concerned and checked on her on the 26th. But even after all these years, it appears that's all we know about the car for certain. Its mysterious reappearance a few days later in another town has still left many people baffled. As far as we know, She had no connections to this area, nor did the police believe she drove it there. The general belief is that the car was stolen or taken by the perpetrator who murdered her. Now, Katara's murder shocked the whole community. She wasn't someone who hung with a bad crowd or someone that picked fights. 
she didn't get into trouble. On top of that, this was a very small town area. People really didn't expect murder to occur in their community. Taylor, Texas had about roughly 15,000 residents at the time. There was only one high school in the whole city. It's the kind of place where everyone pretty much knows each other's family. Yet, no one seemed to come forward with any significant tips about what could have possibly happened to Katara. Not only are we still left in the dark about her death, but we still don't know much about the possible reasons behind it. To this day, people are still confused. No one knows why anybody would even want to murder Katara. She kept to herself. She didn't bother anybody. She didn't run with the bad crowd. And she really was in the mix when it came to a lot of local shenanigans or things of the sort. Now, one thing we do know is that right before her death, she had thrown a party at a local park, the Taylor Community Center. At the party, it's reported that things seemed fine. She was happy. She was smiling. There was a lot of people at the party, but no reported issues. Now, KVUE News spoke with one of Katara's sisters, Shumika Johnson. She's quoted as saying, 15 years have passed and we don't have any answers. Our mom passed away in 2012 and she passed away without knowing what happened to her baby girl. She went on to give more details about her sister. She said, and I quote, she always had a smile on her face and she helped people whenever she could. You know, every day, it's hard. Going to sleep, waking up thinking about her. It's taken a big toll on our family, a devastating toll. Her brother, AJ Johnson, is quoted in the same article as stating he still questions why anybody would hurt his sister. He's quoted as saying she's a great person. She was a small town girl, popular, athletic, and that's what shocked people the most and kind of confused us all a little bit. Now, here's the thing. The Taylor police have said they never really stopped investigating the case. And it's possible that new evidence has recently been found. You see, I found a 2019 article from KVUE News. And they quoted Henry Fluke, who was the Taylor police chief at the time, as saying, We found some new items to do some DNA testing and we're optimistic that this might provide some leads for us. Now, at the time, he did not go on to elaborate what the items were, where they were found, but he was hopeful that there would be some DNA on it and it would at least lead them in the direction for finding a suspect in Katara's murder. But see, that was in 2019, and I really couldn't find any follow-ups on what came about from the DNA testing. Now, do the police have their theories about who might have been involved? Well, see, we don't really know. They've been kind of close-lipped about what they found or what they suspect in this case. There seems to be a general underlying theme when you search articles and you go through any postings on this case that there might have been more than one person involved. I found a quote from thestatesman.com from Tara's mother, Linda Johnson. 
And in an interview around the time of Katara's death, her mother is quoted in the article talking about calling her daughter's cell phone after her body was discovered. Now, in this article, it stated that someone actually answered the phone in a very unfamiliar, high-pitched voice that claimed to be a Katara. Now, in this article, it states that the mother could hear laughter before someone hung up the phone. And then, of course, she called back, but no one answered. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And this is particularly chilling because, again, this was supposedly after Katara's body had already been found lifeless. I wasn't able to find any official sources that follow back up on that statement of who that could have possibly been. If the police tracked that phone or if it was turned off. Now, I did come across a quote from the Taylor Police Chief Jeff Straub who said that they did not consider Katara's case a cold case because they had actually been working on this case pretty often. They weren't just letting the files sit. And one particularly interesting quote is as follows. All of the forensic evidence came back from people who had the right to be there. Straub was saying that police found no evidence of strangers at the crime. And that leaves many to scratch their heads because what does that mean? And who are the people who had the right to be there? Now, there's no one that has been named a suspect in the case, and so we don't have any names. But because the police are actively working on this, I believe they have their suspicions about who and why. Now, I wouldn't necessarily hold your breath for the detectives to release names because it almost feels like there's some hint, hint, wink, wink going on when I read articles, and this just might be the way I'm reading into it, but it definitely feels like there's some hint, hint, wink, wink to suggest that Katara knew her murderer or murderers. Because in a 2023 article released by Fox 7 Austin, Detective Craig Hunter is quoted as saying, somebody helped move the car. Somebody picked up the killers in Thorndale. Somebody knows something about this car and we need that information. Because remember, going back to the car, the car was found at a local Thornbell community pool a couple days later, 12 miles outside of Taylor. Again, this was an area that, as far as we know, Katara had no connection to. And we know that she drove home in her car from work that night. And so, who took her car? Why did they leave it there? And how did they get back home? These are the questions we're still wondering. To this day, Katara's siblings, Anessa and AJ, believe that someone in the community knows exactly what happened. Anessa is quoted in that same Fox 7 Austin article as saying, 
There is someone who knows who did this. There are multiple people who know who murdered my sister. I hope it eats at you every day. And I hope that you are uncomfortable in the moment that you have not lived all these years a normal life whatsoever. Whoever murdered my sister, they may be thinking in the moment that they won. You haven't. Her brother AJ was quoted as saying, I think whatever loyalties that people are holding on to for not speaking up, it's just time to do the right thing. Now, you guys know I usually do theories in this case, but this is a case where for a couple years, there wasn't a lot of articles. There wasn't a lot of online information about this case. And now there are some, however, there haven't been a lot of people talking about it. The biggest thing that seems to be hinted at is that it appears Katara Nalu, her killer. There was no forced entry. And so far, it doesn't appear there was any DNA from anybody that would not have been known to have already been in Katara's home. Now, we don't necessarily know what that means. We don't know if that means friends, if that means family, but knowing that she probably knew her killers does help narrow it down at least a bit. But the next question is, who is this person that other people are protecting? Or who are these people that other people are protecting? At the time of her murder and where her body was actually found, her home was in a trailer park. And from what I've read in the articles, the trailers were pretty spread out and there was no heavy trees. No one saw anything. There wasn't a lot of places for them to hide. The presumed killers drove about 12 miles away to park the car in another county. No one saw them get out. No one see them in this car or in them parking. And again, there's an article alleging that the mother called Katara's cell phone after her body had already been found. And someone answered the phone pretending to be Katara. Someone who knew her name. Someone who it sounds like was trying to disguise their voice. Who is this person and why are other people protecting them? It's theorized that whoever the killer was, they had somebody come and pick them up at the Thorndale community pool. And some have wondered, were people waiting for them? Did someone already know they were on the way? How did they leave that area? How did they leave that area unseen? Matter of fact, how did they even get to Katara's home? If they left in their car, was it somebody in the community? Was it somebody that walked? Was it somebody that was dropped off? These are the questions we're still asking, but we still don't have an answer to. Now, Katara's family is still actively trying to find her killer. They have a Facebook page called Katara and Linda Johnson's Memorial Page, where they post pictures of her and send updates when there's new articles and things of that matter posted out. In fact, a family member is actually the one who reached out to me and asked me to follow up on this case. Police are saying they are still actively working on this case and they're asking that if you have any information that you contact the Williamson County Sheriff's Office at 512-943-5204 with any information that you think could be of help to this case, no matter how small. If you would like to submit a tip anonymously, 
You can also contact the Williamson County Crime Stoppers at 1-800-253-7867. And your tip might be eligible for a cash reward if the tip leads to an arrest. Now, unfortunately, guys, that's all the information I have on this case. But I ask that you head over to the Instagram at theoverlooked underscore podcast. So you can take a look at Katara's pictures. Take a look at her car. Do you recognize her? Do you know the story? Are you familiar with the area? Were you nearby at that time? Whatever information you have, it can help. As always, guys, I thank you so much for listening. As always, I ask that you guys be safe and you guys be vigilant. And you'll hear the sound of my voice with a new episode in about two weeks' time. Thanks. Bye. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.